listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In this final part of the show, we get a view from Australia with Deanna Musina, Deputy Chief Economist at AMP Australia. Good morning, Deanna. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the program. Oh, you're welcome. Um, the Australian employment numbers seem to have come in quite positively in June. So are we seeing quite a strong situation and um, does that allow for the RBA to save further tighten rates? Yeah, the Australian jobs market has held up a lot better than we're most were expecting it to over the past six months. And I guess that's quite similar to a lot of other global countries as well. We've seen the unemployment rate here be in a very tight range between 35 to 3.7% since January, which for Australia is close to a 50-year low. Before the pandemic, our unemployment rate was close to 5%, just as a way of context. So we've had very strong gains in labour market, which have continued despite you know four percent increase to interest rates over the past year so for the reserve bank it does it will keep them concerned that the tightness in the labor market will lead to further gains in wages australia hasn't had as high wages growth as some of our global peers but we're seeing more pockets of wage gains at the moment so is that fueling uh, greater inflation across the board or how are the inflation numbers looking over there? Australian inflation peaked after most of our global peers. So we saw the peak in inflation in December last year at close to 8% on a yearly basis, whereas most other countries had inflation that was a bit higher than that. And now our inflation figures have come down to about 6% or so on an annual basis. So Again, higher compared to places like the US or Canada, which now have headline inflation running at 3%. So the strength in wages is likely to probably reach just over 4% year on year. But if you compare that to countries like the US or the UK, you know, the, the wages growth there has been 5, 6, even higher than that in the, in the UK. In Australia, we're not likely to see wages growth reach those levels because we've had a very big increase in labour supply throughout participation rates increased to a record high in the labour market, which means we've had a very big supply of people coming back into the workforce that's kept the lid on wages growth. The pockets of wage gains that we're seeing at the moment have been around those that are related to the minimum wage decision, which is uh, something that's agreed upon by the government, and then... uh, uh, and then also contracts that are related to that. So they're called award contracts here or enterprise bargaining agreements. They're normally related to those minimum wage decisions and we've seen quite high wages growth in them because of the decisions from the government. But what's been driving the increase in the force? Is that um, immigration or is that just uh, Australians themselves who, were, who took themselves out of the workforce during COVID and decided that they now want to go back into it? of things. We have seen a very big rebound in overseas migration, so we're actually getting record numbers of overseas migration, which is fueling more wage gains. But it's more that people have seen the high level of inflation and want to be compensated for that. Otherwise, you you feel like you're getting a real wage decrease. And because the labour market's so tight, it has been an employee market where people feel like they can ask for more wage gains. Otherwise, they will just move to a different job. So I think it's a combination of all of those different 
different things and also the government wanting to compensate people for the cost of living pressures, which can backfire, right? Because when you're trying to give people relief for cost of living, you might just fuel extra rate rises. So I think the outlook for wages growth is that it will peak at about 4 to 4.5% on an annual basis, but then start to slow because we do think the unemployment rate will start to increase from here. We think it will increase to about 4.5% in a year's time. And that's what all the leading indicators of jobs growth are telling us, things like labour hiring intentions, job vacancies. They're all pointing down quite significantly. So what other factors have come into the inflation? I mean, I know initially it would have been the dollar strength, but, I mean, the dollar topped out, say, in October, and since then the the US dollar, I should say, um, but the Australian dollar has since come back. So I wouldn't imagine that is playing a huge part in terms of inflation. So what else is now driving the inflation higher if, if it's not only just the wage growth? Well, it's been a usual story like a lot of other countries where we've had a lot of those supply chain disruptions. And uh, while, you know, they're not so relevant anymore because all those shipping costs and storage costs have come down pretty much back to their pre-COVID levels, it's taken a lot longer to flow through the inflation figures uh, because companies have been increasing profit margins in line with inflation. But that's just taken longer in Australia to flow out than other countries. Uh, We also saw huge demand for consumer spending initially for goods, but services spending has still been quite elevated. So services spending around things like travel and accommodation has led to higher prices for things like holiday travel and personal services. Rents in Australia are increasing quite significantly as well because the rental market's very tight, as we've seen very high levels of migration back into Australia, which is keeping rental growth quite high here. We also had very high food inflation, which a lot of other countries did as well, as we saw global food prices rise in the past 12 months. And we also had some flooding issues here last year, which led to another increase in food prices. And on top of that, we've had very high growth in utility costs, things like electricity and gas. A lot of other countries uh, in the Northern Hemisphere had their energy crisis in early 2022, but Australia's energy crisis really only happened in the past six to 12 months. We had a lot of supply issues around gas and uh, coal here, which led to big rise in electricity and, and gas prices. It's interesting because when I look at the ASX 200 or if I look at the currency, it seems to have been pretty flat all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that so it doesn't necessarily seem to be reflecting the fact that we are having inflation. There's been pretty positive economic performance. So is this a barometer over the fact that, as you said earlier, you expect employment, uh, unemployment to start driving up? But is this now also being reflected by the markets in terms of they're not sure where the direction is or they're thinking we're now peaked? Well, growth in Australia has certainly slowed uh, and we've seen GDP outcomes that are not very high for Australia. And I think that there's also a bit of a difference in in the outlook here. I'm a bit more cautious about the outlook for a country like Australia compared to other countries like the US because Australian households are very highly sensitive to what happens to interest rates. So although we've had one of the slower increases in interest rates around the world, we've actually seen a faster pass-through to households with a mortgage compared to pretty much every country that I track in terms of the the change in the outstanding mortgage rate. So to me, that signals that the Reserve Bank can't raise rates here as much, 
so that's one reason why the Aussie dollar has pretty much been sideways in the past six months or so. Uh, and it also means that we have a higher potential to go down the path of a growth downturn or a recession. Okay. And now as we look ahead to the week ahead, um, is there anything that our listeners should be keeping an eye out for Australia? Uh, certainly. The next week is a very important week. We get the June quarter inflation figures. And while a lot of other countries have monthly inflation data, Australia only recently started to, to have monthly inflation figures. We've been used to quarterly inflation data. And the problem has been that the monthly inflation data is not a complete picture uh, because we've only just started that series. Not everything is surveyed every month. So the quarterly inflation data is critical for the Reserve Bank policy decisions. We expect that headline inflation will be at about 6% over the June quarter and core will be just slightly under that. So at those levels, that probably will be enough to get another rate rise in August by the Reserve Bank, which would take the cash rate to 4.35% and would mean about a 425 basis point increase in, in interest rates since last year. So unless you see a big surprise in that June quarter inflation data, then we should expect another rate rise here in Australia. All right. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for. So thank you very much for, for joining us, Diana. Thank you. It was a pleasure.